Kent Garrett. Welcome to another episode of LNAH Daily, a shorter, more newsy derivative of our long-form The Last Negroes at Harvard podcast. There were 18 of us in the Harvard College class of 1963. In 1959, we were the largest number of blacks ever admitted to Harvard. We were born in the 1940s and are now pushing 80. So buckle up and get ready for LNAH Daily, a bunch of black and some white, highly opinionated and Harvard-educated 80-year-olds talking about the issues and news of the day. In this episode, the question is, should the word Negro be banned? John McWhorter, an associate professor of linguistics at Columbia University, recently wrote a piece in the New York Times saying that the language police were on the move. He cited the refusal of Random House to publish an anthology of Norman Mailer's because of objections to a 1957 essay titled The White Negro. Random House officials say that that is not true. McWhorter writes, quote, in 2020 in the Princeton Summer Journal, part of a summer journalism program for high school students, a student wrote an essay titled, quote, White Teachers Stop Saying Negro. McWhorter also writes about two cases of students filing complaints about college professors who, when referring to older texts, use the N-word. No, not that one, but the Negro one. He also mentions a brook in Vermont called Negro Brook that activists are trying to woke, so to speak. It all sounds like a slippery slope to me. The first use of the word Negro occurred in the 1440s when the Portuguese arrived in Southern Africa looking for a sea route to India. They called the Bantu people they encountered Negroes. The word Negro in both Spanish and Portuguese means black. From the 18th century to the mid-1960s, Negro, spelled with a capital N, was the correct and polite way to refer to Americans of black African heritage. But near the end of the civil rights movement and with the ascendance of Malcolm X, Negro was considered a word associated with slavery, discrimination, and second-class citizenship, and now we call ourselves black or African-American. If the word Negro is banned, we'll end up with two N-words, with the first one being the really, really bad one and the real slur. I look for insights on this issue from two of my 80-year-old classmates, Jerry Secundi is in Pasadena, and John Woodford is in Ann Arbor. It, well, it, has, it doesn't do much for me, but I know in a historical context, I see it, you know, it's used, and then some people still like to use it. I was uh, not one that was enamored of it, because since it just means black in another language, I figure why, uh, you know, why not just say black? Why use this uh, imported term but it's you know historically you got to deal with it so it's uh as i say i don't um i've never liked it that much but um it doesn't really send me up the wall Mm -hmm. how about you jerry 
Well, I'll, I'll say two things. Uh, my first scholarship to Harvard was from the United Negro College Fund. I was very proud to get that. So <laughs> I'm certainly not going to reject that word. Yeah. But uh, I'll give you just kind of a, a family story from my mother. From the time I was very small, all my mother said is, don't call yourself colored. Call yourself Negro. We <laughs> want to be called Negro. Not <laughs> Negro, but Negro, as in your knee. Negro. So you've got to be a Negro. And she fought and fought and fought and fought to make sure we had that term. And as colored finally kind of disappeared, despite the NAACP, um, mm. she was very proud of that. Then all of a sudden she looked around and we were no longer Negro, we were African-American. She said, hell, I haven't been to Africa. You know, I was born here in the United States. What are they talking about? That's so, right. And then she looks around and she says, black. And she looks at the color of her skin and she was darker than I was, but so fairly light. She says, well, I don't look black. And then she looks around and says, all of a sudden I'm a person of color. So. Yeah. So she said, you know, if I live long enough, I'm going to go back, back to being called colored, which is what I fought <laughs> <Yeah>. against. <laughs> so yeah. so uh, I have no objection to the word whatsoever. Uh, it's part of our history is what it amounts to. Dr. King used it all the time. You know, it's in so many of our books. Uh, I think it's absolutely ridiculous to try to, in some way, eliminate it from our vocabulary. No, it's, and obviously, it's very different than nigger. Uh, that's for darn sure. Yeah, so not that much. <laughs> well, let me put it this way, John. When I was growing up, I heard that word all the yeah, time. Uh, yeah, and that's what we called each other as we were growing up, you know. Yeah. But, you know, when we were at, I mean, essentially, when we were at Harvard, I mean, we, we went in as kind of Negroes. And almost by the time when we got out, I mean, we were calling ourselves Black and African-Americans and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think... We have so many snowflakes is what it amounts to. People get so offended so quickly yeah. and they take on fights that, frankly, in my opinion, don't need to be fought and don't matter to a hell of, hell of beans is what it amounts to. So, um, yeah. I, can't, I can't get excited. So I find pe people of color is a stupid term. It's as stupid as anything. Yeah. How's it, you know, colored people, you say people of color, somehow that's nobler and uh, acceptable over colored people. Yes, you know, but it makes no sense whatsoever. No, and uh, talk to my wife. My person, you can't say if someone's a, had been a slave, but if you say they were an enslaved person, uh -huh. I wonder what kind of mentality feels a distinction they're worth making. Yeah, so, well, uh, I, I'm married to a white woman, and I can assure you, she does not like the term a person of color. She says, "What does that make me colorless?" I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. She yeah. doesn't like that term at all. So. Well, the thing is, I mean, in some cultures, I mean, and Jerry, you probably know about Mexico, it's that the word Negro is sort of a, uh, it has no racial connotation sometimes, in the sense that someone will say, um, what do they say, oye, oye, uh, negrito, uh, como estas, you know, sort of, sort of like how, how you doing, my friend, and all that. Yeah, exactly. That It does not have the connotation to we have in the United States. Now, not to say that there isn't racial classification in South America, there certainly right. is. And there certainly is prejudice. And in most of the Latin American countries, and I think, you know, I lived and worked there for many years, uh, the lighter the skin, uh, the better you are, quote, the better you are. Right. Uh, especially in Brazil, quite frankly. Uh, but no, it doesn't have the, it, it isn't a pejorative term at all. So yeah, it's kind of a just, a greeting uh, in many countries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, did you see the story about the woman in Brazil, the billionaire woman? It was in the New York Times uh, yesterday or the day before. Uh, so billionaire, she started with a small enterprise in Brazil. And then uh, finally, she instituted her own kind of affirmative action. She decided that not enough uh, black Brazilians were getting into management and, and being able to be advanced in the business world. So she instituted a whole bunch of programs, caught a lot of flack, especially from the Bolsonaro types, oh. but she's sticking to it. She's now um, uh, has her son taking over this company. We started, I guess, as a little store and then became a huge enterprise. Mm -hmm. And she's got, uh, she has developed many people into management positions now in Brazil who before had their way barred. It was an interesting story about her in maybe the, what is today? Maybe Friday. Try the Friday New York Times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm way behind in reading my New York Times. So I will yeah. go back. You'll catch up with it. Yeah, absolutely. Brazil was very disappointing to me, to be honest with you, because I went in very naively thinking, you know, it's just a beautiful mixture of people. Everybody loves everybody. And I found out, whoa, no, mm -hmm. the blacks were at the bottom of the rung is what it amounted to. So, mm -hmm. uh, but people of my color uh, did better. So if you were quote colored at that point in time, if you were you know, mixed, it, it was much more acceptable. But if you were dark skin, sorry, Kent, you'd have been at the bottom. Sorry, John would have been <laughs> yeah. in the middle and I would have been a little bit more the middle, towards the right. top. <laughs> so, yeah. crazy. Well, you know, what unless, they, we they, play, unless we can play soccer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, there right, we go. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and of course, all blacks are athletes. We know that. We're yeah, just, yeah, yeah. We sing, we dance, we have great musical talent, and we're great athletes. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, you know, I mean, apparently. No, but that's the that's legacy of uh, of the slave period. Yeah. That's all it is in the in early first colonialism when they did it, they did it in the Indians as much as possible. Then they brought in the um, Africans. So that's the history in the still hanging on. But I mean, I get a sense that a lot of the kids who are kind of young kids who are woke today want to kind of police the language. I mean, and, yes. uh, yeah, rather than do rather than do build up a politics yeah. that becomes effective or any kind of organizations, it's all on this uh, superficial verbal cultural level and uh, unfortunately uh, it doesn't lead to anyone having a better the, you know the poor still wind up being poor yeah but i mean I, some of these kids say they are they do feel offended when they hear the word negro and uh <laughs> they, i mean you know what are you gonna do give me that a person, break. <laughs> i don't know whether that person this white negro and we don't know enough details the person might have decided that they didn't like the the uh, connection of the terms mm -hmm. why a publishing company you know yeah, would yeah. then kowtow if you're going to let every every peculiar super sensitive hypersensitive person knock something out there's no stopping yeah i mean it's a slippery slope really i mean yeah, yeah. also yeah I, well, I don't like that but that's what happened to the professor here the uh, chinese professor who showed the movie of um uh, of, a nation. Uh, of uh, Olivier as Othello. Oh, right, right, yeah. Right, and right. one girl in the class said, oh my God, you know, I can't look at this, it's hurting me. And he got, he got his whole class taken away from him. That he had not handled it 
well, either with warnings or something. I don't, you know, it was just crazy. Absolutely crazy. This is, this is a guy who's, who had been driven out of his uh, home with a um, Chinese stuffed under, uh, you know, the Maoist stuff and had to go live in the boondocks for years and his father abused. And, you know, he had seen, he had had more abuse than this person ever had, could imagine. Yeah, I'm afraid this generation really doesn't know what abuse is. They didn't grow up like we went, grew no, up, they, I'm sure. They haven't seen the prejudice. I mean, if, if that's to them as prejudice, someone using the word Negro, God help them. Well, why aren't yeah. they out there joining, you know, the, the new examples of CORE or SNCC or something like that, instead of sitting back saying, oh, my God, he used the word yeah. Negro. So, yeah, yeah. I, yeah it's, uh, it's nutty, really nutty. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, an example of... Uh, with the other word, the end, the real N word in uh, in Mexico, where we go, it's uh, it's well, the state is Chiapas, and it's pretty high up in the mountains, very rural. It's uh, a lot of very Mayan. And uh, Gene and I had, uh, I guess, we contributed books to the, to the school, little school that uh, taught young kids English and uh, improved in their Spanish and all that. And they were grateful and they had a ceremony where the kids would read from their essays that they had written. Uh, and they would read them first in Spanish and then in English. And in, in English to sort of show how much they had progressed in terms of their learning the language. Well, you know, so it was about maybe 10 people in the room and uh, about 10 kids. And one kid starting his, uh, starts her uh, essay and she's talking about this mu musician in, in uh, Mexico who she liked and his music is great and all that. And his name was the N-word. And, oh, uh, really? <laughs> you know, I'm si sitting there. But I mean, the thing is, it had no negative connotation. In other uh -huh. words, these people, they're so rural that, that using that word didn't, uh, you know, it meant nothing. It was just like another name. The guy's name was Joe or something like that. And it was very interesting to hear, you know, the word used without any kind of uh, negative yeah. connotation or... Uh, well, was this like a rap name that he gave himself or what was it? Yeah, that's his rap name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, he, but he was very... But he's from around uh, there? Yeah, he's from, uh, I think he was from Mexico City or something like uh -huh. that. Uh -huh. You know, but his music had traveled way maybe. down towards Chiapas, which is, you know, maybe Guatemala. that's the way, maybe that's the way to defuse the whole thing over time. With yeah. Others. Yeah. I mean, since the kids, as Jerry was saying, you know, I mean, since uh, guys call themselves the name all the time, right. especially out playing sports, um, it's hard to think that then if someone else says it, all of a sudden it has some wounding power. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's, if the phone rings at my house, and I answer it, and what I hear was, "Hey, nigga, how are you?" Yeah. I know it's my cousin that's calling. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I grew up with him. <laughs> so, that's how he always greets me. Oh, yeah. really? He does. <laughs> yeah, you know, and also this what you were talking about can trigger something tangentially in my mind. The word "niggerly," "niggerly," yeah. which means like miserly. Okay, right. yeah. It's a Norwegian, it's the derivation is from like Norway or Scandinavia. It has nothing yeah. to do with Negro or anything else. No. But there was a politician in Washington, DC, I think a mayor or a vice mayor, that basically got driven out because he'd used that word niggerly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so, niggardly. Yeah, niggardly. I just... Oh, golly. When the John McWhorter piece came out a few days ago, John Kalish, a friend of mine and a radio journalist in New York City, sent an email saying that the name of the book that I co-wrote in 2020 and the name of this podcast might have to be changed since, as you know, they are both titled The Last Negroes at Harvard. I'm really worried because the name, the last N-word number twos at Harvard does not have a nice ring to it. I'm Kent Garrett, and that's it for this LNAH Daily Edition of The Last Negroes at Harvard.